Welcome to episode 73 of Vibe Locker Talk Live. I am your host, Wag, joined alongside Matt Malatesta and Shayna. Coming to you on a Monday where, hey, college football was crazy. Start of the NFL season was crazy. But we're here to talk some Texas high school football, which is also crazy. Some districts have started. Some are still a few weeks away. That's what you love about how districting works in Texas high school football. But before we jump in and talk some Texas high school football, I always love to give my co-host a chance just to see how their weekend was. So, Matt, how was your weekend? Good weekend. Um, LSU fan, of course. They, yeah, it was not a game. But, man, watched a lot of football on Saturday and just was kind of shocked from how well Texas looked on defense all the way to Baylor losing in the last second to BYU. That's a long day of really crazy football. The Aggies lay an egg, but App State's not terrible. I mean, I'm not I'm not an Aggie apologist by any means, but wow, that was a wild game. Jackson's gonna hate me saying this, but that loss to App State definitely, uh, you know, it was that it was that little ice on my wound for from that Texas game. I mean. Man, what a close game. And then, But the bad thing is we lost our starting quarterback for probably at least four weeks. And our, and our backup is, is hobbled and may not play next week as well against the UTSA team that's going to show up. So, you know, you got to watch out if you're Texas because that is 100% a trap game. Shayna, how are you doing? Well, I was positive that the Texas-Alabama game was going to be disappointing. So I went to – there's a pool in Carrollton that does, like, dog days on the last open day of the year. So I took my dogs to go play in the water, and that was a fun surprise. I didn't think they'd actually get in. Um, and then I kept looking at the Texas score, and I kind of wished I had been watching the game. And then, of course, North Texas won after a really bad loss to SMU, so that was nice to see. Um, other than that, like I didn't really pay much attention to college football this week. Um, my fantasy team is doing awful, so I'm going to need to make some adjustments. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I texted uh, yeah. you. I texted you, Shane. I was like, man, this because we had talked the day before about the Texas Alabama game, and and I was like, man, this game's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And you were like, oh, I didn't. I'm not even watching. I was like, oh man. So yeah, um, and then of course yesterday was just horrendous. Uh, Horrendous way to end the week for me with the Cowboys, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that because I, oof, man, let me tell you, I could just talk for an hour about how disappointed I am in that team. Let's get to Texas high school football now because there were some games this past weekend. I'm going to start with the most obvious question for, for Matt here, and, and that's should we just pencil in North Shore to a minimum of the state semifinal game right now? I mean, they just look unbeatable at this point. Well, <clears throat> we did that game on KPRC, and they just uh, – all facets of the game, they're completely dominating. We thought on defense they were not going to be as good because they lost so many great defensive linemen. But, man, they just have completely reloaded. Their back seven is the best in the business. They played some really good teams. Woodlands, Spring, eh, listen, maybe they're not, they're not great this year. Westfield was coming in hot. And they destroyed them by the first quarter. It was over. I mean, it was it was really, really bad. Their offense is so good too, because they go five, they can go five wide or they can go um, you know, just power. And it's just it's ugly. But yeah, there's no one in region three, no one that can beat them. 
Yeah, you look at let me get let me get my camera back on me. You look at the schedule, and really, the only game that really stands out that's left on the schedule is a Tascasita. And even then, you just you just I just don't see it. I don't see them challenging uh, North Shore at all. I mean, like I said, I think North Shore might come into that state semifinal game with you know what people might be assuming would probably be Westlake at this point. Um, undefeated and pretty, pretty much rolling. Westlake's kind of done that as well. I think I think North Shore's look more impressive from a whole game standpoint. What I've seen from Westlake is they'll start slow in that first half, and then they just you, you have to play a full game against Westlake because you may get on them early, but they're just going to keep on pounding you, and that defense eventually gets to them. So that one could be a game to watch come November if things play out the way they're looking now. Um, Shana, let's turn it over to you now. Let me. I don't have a, a team in particular. I would say you know what? Let's 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 flip the script, right? So we're talking about North Shore and how dominant they've looked. Let's flip the script and talk about. Let's talk about two teams, right? Let's talk about South Oak Cliff and, and Brock. I would say if you're asking me of those two teams, Brock is is like probably one of the best uh, winless teams in the state of Texas, probably the best, just because of the talent they're playing. Walk me through those two teams. Is it just more of an issue of, hey, you know, South Oak Cliff, for me, I think, needs to get that quarterback situation resolved. They're using these – I mean, they're not playing easy opponents, Duncanville and DeSoto, to name, to name the two, two of the three they lost to. And then for Brock, like I said, they're just playing tough competition. I think when they get in district, they're just going to breeze. Shannon, give me your thoughts on that. You know, um, Brock does this. They schedule really hard teams that they're going to play against in non-district games. And it's normally they're normally playing a step above of what they're used to playing in district. Uh, so I do think that we're going to see them just blow it out of the water when they get to district play, um, especially because they have been this way ever since they started the program uh, seven, eight years ago. They have just been dominant on the field. And I think we're going to continue to see that. We're going to continue seeing them get to playoffs, get far in playoffs, make to the state tournament, to the state game even. Uh, That's just what Brock does. And you have Alito right next door. And something that my my in-laws actually live in Brock. And something you constantly hear people saying that uh, native Brock people are actually mad about is, oh, Brock's the new Alito. And they're not saying that because of the titles. No, they're saying that because people are moving from Alito to Brock and they're wanting to create it what they want it. Um, Not quite sure what they're wanting out of that, but I do see a lot of migration towards Brock. And in that you're gonna see a lot of these top athletes come to Brock, make the program even greater than what it already is and possibly continue moving up in classification. As far as South Oak Cliff, I fully prepared for you to ask. You asked after week one. You asked after week two. So I was like, <laughs> is it time to hit the panic button in South Oak Cliff? Yes. Um, full stop. Yes. It's hard seeing reigning state champions come into a season 0-3. Like, what are you doing? What's happening, right? I agree with you. They need a better quarterback situation. They need to be able to um, – get the ball rolling. And if, if you can't get it through the air, get it to your tough guy who's going to push through those defenses. DeSoto, I thought would be, you know, a tough game for them. I, we know Duncanville, they have a history of being excellent, but tough season, tough start. I'm interested to see what they do in district. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll mention this, uh, you know, just we covered the Austin San Antonio basis here. One, t- one score that really surprised me this week was Canyon uh, and New Braunfels. I mean, we know New Braunfels, they came in and beat uh, Denton Ryan in week one and that, that upset of the week. And 
you know, Canyon came in and played, you know, that's that's their that's probably one of their bitter rivals, you know, talking about the only two schools really in the city as far as public schools. You got New Braunfels and New Braunfels Canyon. Canyon came out and won that game. It was very close, 35-32 was the final score. And now I'm looking at Canyon in a different light. I mean, we'll really find out about Canyon. They start district this week. They got a big district. They got Bernie Champion. They have Hayes and they have Smithson Valley. It's actually Bernie Champion, Smithson Valley, and Hayes. And in the next four weeks, they have a bye week in, um, in between uh, games two and three there. But if they can go two and three, three and zero, oh and that, I mean, Canyon has some real potential to make some noise in uh, in Region Four there in five A. And uh, I'm definitely paying attention to Canyon now. I actually have a little uh, in my five burning questions, which will come out. Um, which well, we're recording this right now, but uh, the show's at three, so it's it's been out for two hours now. Go check it out. I talk about Canyon, and you know, hey, can this team make a little run? Let's talk about other teams in y'all's areas now. Um, and Matt, let's come back to you now. What were some of those schools in Houston that maybe was there a surprising school a score, an upset, maybe a score of a blowout that you really didn't expect? Talk talk, talk to me about some of those games in your area this past week that really stood out to you. Well, <clears throat> you know, Katie just doesn't feel like Katie right now. They really struggle throwing the ball. They don't really have a deep threat. Their defense is good, but they beat Katie Tompkins in a nail biter, but neither team really played that good. Um, so those are two teams we're thinking could really make a pretty deep run in the playoffs. They played each other, just kind of lackluster, not anything awesome. We haven't really seen anything. A team that's kind of sneaky good is Jersey Village. Nobody ever talks about Jersey Village because they're in a, you know, a district with the likes of Stratford, who's pretty good. Cypher has won a state championship before, but they've been down a little bit. But Jersey Village is a team that's super athletic um, and they're well coached. They're thin. I don't know if they've got enough um, to compete and make that like deep run to you know, the final four or the regional finals, but they're kind of a fun team to watch. Shadow Creek's another team that nobody's really talking about. They have kind of dominated so far um, their season very quietly, I think. And, you know, another team that I kind of like also, and it's up in your area, is Dripping Springs. I think that's a team that could have staying power, um, they're kind of the up and coming team that's really trying to punch through the glass ceiling and take that next step. I think they're they're going to be kind of fun to watch. Five A, man. I mean, the city of Houston's not super strong in the five A world. Foster is the team that's kind of surprising people because they've done pretty well. They've gone undefeated so far, but they really haven't played anybody really really big. Crosby's kind of sneaky. They've been banged up, but they had a big, big win against Fort Ben Marshall. Fort Ben Marshall definitely stubbed their toe against Crosby. So it's really wide open in the 5A world in, in, in this area. Yeah, on that Dripping Springs note, I mean, honestly, they looked, po- they looked poised where they could. Now, of course, they'll still go Division Two just because of the way 6A is set up. But they look poised where they could possibly finish second in, in that district uh, where you have Westlake and Lake Travis. Um, Lake Travis, they haven't they haven't played their any games with their starting quarterback Will Edmondson yet. They play uh, play Westlake, I think, in uh, on the twenty third. So maybe I think it's what next week or the week after. I can't. I, th- I think it's next week. 
Yes, next week they play uh, they play Lake Travis. Usually that's like the last game of the season, but with the new district districting and everything, all that's working out. That big time game is happening earlier in the season. I haven't seen him play yet. I know Lake Travis plays, I believe, Aikens this week. So a team like that, that's a good uh, you know uh, it's a good time to maybe get him in there. We'll see if he plays or if they're saving him just for Westlake. But Dripping Springs has that potential, I think, to take second place in that district. Still would go D two, but to make some noise and, and beat Lake Travis. Um, could go a long way for, for that squad this year. Uh, uh, while, I, while I have the floor, I'll say another team that really impressed me, even though they lost, was Poth. Yeah, they lost to Shiner. Um, if you haven't yet, go check out our, our plays of the week. The, the play, one of the plays of the week nominees was Dalton Brooks, who, you know, um, they were down 20 to nine, or it was 20 to 19. They had just scored a touchdown, so they were going two points, hardly any time left in the game. They were going for the win. And he was dead to rights in the backfield. And I still don't know how he got away, but he's able to get in the end zone and, and get that two point conversion and seal that victory. Man, what uh, what a, what a game by Shiner there in Poth. Uh, and I think for Poth, that's a so that's gonna that thing that's gonna do. It, it's hard to talk about moral victories and stuff like that. You know, that was kind of the key thing for Texas uh, fans this week is talking about moral victories, losing by one to Bama. But, you know, hey, sometimes you can build on those things. You have a state power in Shiner who is going for a three-peat when you look at state championships. You go toe-to-toe with him, and you're basically a tackle away from winning that game. It's going to do a lot to build their confidence, especially for a team that's trying to replace a lot. So they impressed me as well. Um, Steele impressed me with their win over Hutto. I was kind of big on Hutto, and they absolutely dominated that game against Hutto. And now they're kind of looking like the, the team to beat in San Antonio for 6A. And then finally, Liberty Hill. Um, they lost the huddle last week, a 6A squad in Hutto, and man, they look good against Georgetown. I was there. We'll be doing our week 17 um, this week on Liberty Hill, and man, that slot T is something else. They got, I would say they got me a couple of times on the film. They got, I was like, who has it? Who has it? Got me a couple of times, but man, uh, Liberty Hill is going to be fun to watch the rest of the season. Shannon, let's turn it over to you now. What are some of those teams that stood out to you, some of the teams that impressed, all that, all that stuff? We'll turn it over to you now. And hey, Josh. Well, we get her back, you know, talking, talking over here in our area also is Southeast Texas. You know, Southeast Texas has ha- always had some tremendous teams come out of it. West Orange Stark playing well. LCM, Little Cypress, Marieville. These two schools are literally across I-10 from each other. Those two schools are really doing well. Eric Peavy, the coach. Um, at LCM has completely changed the culture over there. Kudos to him. And then another team that's really playing well right now is Silsby. Uh, Silsby just kind of a country school, great athleticism. Um, they're going to be a team also to watch <clears throat> in that lower classification coming out of um, the Southeast Texas area right there on the borders of Louisiana. A little trivia for you, home of, uh, home of WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and his son, as we know, plays at Lake Travis right now. Uh, Shane, I think we got mm-hmm. you back. Let's see Let's see how that audio works now. All right. Is it working better now? Perfect. Okay. Um, so I was just saying that something that's really um, surprised me is Arlington Martin. They really held their own against Allen. Yes, they did lose by 11 points, but to be able to go there and play a team like Allen and to have composure and be present on the field. That's something. And I think that's going to show a lot for Arlington Martin through the rest of their season. Um, Kaufman, they're doing really good. Crandall's doing really good. They really have something special in Crandall, I think, with Sammy Omasigo. 
Um, yes, he's an OU commit. He's doing great. Um, but he's, he's really doing a lot for that Crandall squad. The one thing that I did, two things I did really notice this week, though, was Plano East. Nobody's talking about Plano East. They started three in the O this season, and they haven't done that since I think four seasons ago in 2018 when they started 5-0. and um, I don't want to get too caught up like we did a little bit last year with McKinney Boyd with their good start and then kind of they fizzled out towards the end of the season. But I think some something people should be paying attention to is Plano East. Um, they have the third most total yards of any Dallas area 6A school, and it's all under a new head coach. So that's really something that's been – Fun to watch. And then Frisco Emerson, it's their first year as a program. Um, They have only freshmen and sophomores on their team. And they're going up against, in non-district play, teams like Dallas Hillcrest, Dallas Wilson, and I think last week was Panther Creek. And they've been beating them. They've been doing really good against these teams, really strong upperclassmen. Um, They do play Argyle, Frisco Memorial, Carrollton Creekview, athletes like that in their in their district play so that's going to be interesting to watch how they transition into district um but I mean we're talking about freshmen and sophomores holding their own against some some really great athletes that have four years of experience under their belt they're going to be a team to watch now as we head out and uh, and close this show out um we'll, we'll talk more in depth about some of this on Thursday in our preview show but as we head out, what's one game kind of on your radar, uh, maybe from a just perspective of, okay, this team can really make some noise with this game or whatnot. Just one game on your radar this week as we head into week four of the football season. Shana, let me come to you, come back to you on that one to start. Um, oh, man. You know, there's so many that's going on uh, this week. I think LD Bell's week this year is this, – this year. LD Bell's game this week really will show a lot. Um, They're going up against Chisholm Trail. That's going to be a tough game for them. Um, Weatherford's game this week is going to be a big deal against Crowley. And then, obviously, DeSoto, they're playing, um, you know, Dallas Skyline. Nobody that uh, is going to really be up to DeSoto standard style of football, but just to see how they come into this week after that victory over South Oak Cliff, how they handle what they're doing. And then lastly, um, Denton Braswell, how they play against Prosper Rockville. Prosper Rockville has been absolutely amazing. Braswell is just kind of in this like rebuilding sort of era for themselves. They also just opened up their brand new stadium. Um, so seeing how they play against Rock Hill will be a major component for the rest of their season. Yeah, I hear that stadium is something to behold. Um, so Dallas folks, if you haven't been to the Denton ISD new stadium, Definitely go check it out. Matt, what's one, what's one of those games you're going to keep your eye on? <clears throat> well, in Houston, this is kind of a weird week because it's the week that people take off prior to going into district play. Um, one school, a pair of schools that are not going or going into district play but will play each other is the Woodlands plays New Caney. New Caney demolished Willis last week. And they have a really good running back, Riscano, who I think he scored five touchdowns. And they're athletic enough to keep up with the Woodlands pass-happy offense. So, And it's at New Caney. So I think that could be a really interesting game. This sounds crazy. That might be for the district title. I know it's kind of early because 
Willis has kind of been banged up a little bit, not played that well. And um, and the district's kind of wide open. Uh, Conroe's in there, Oak Ridge, of course. But it's it's really the Woodlands New Caney right now that it could come down to, and that will be this weekend. Um, we've got a couple of games. We Our, our Friday night game is Dobie uh, plays Lamar. <clears throat> Lamar is a pretty good team in, coming out of HISD. Uh, they did lose to the Woodlands, but they've, they're pretty salty. They got a really good offense. And Dobie has been a team that has demolished their district over the past couple of years running the table. So we'll see if they've kind of got enough to go in and beat a traditional power in Lamar in HISD. Yeah, and for me, and uh, of course, if you've seen my five burning questions that came out a couple hours earlier, you'll you'll know this ready. But it's starting point in Vandergrift. Uh, Vandergrift off to two and one start, their only loss coming to that Dripping Springs team we mentioned earlier, and Stony Point off to three and zero start behind uh, the legs of Cameron Cook at running back. Uh, that's going to be a good game. It's going to tell tell me a lot about about these two teams. I mean, outside of Vandergrift's loss, they they haven't allowed a point since. And, uh, and Stony Point, outside of their close game against Colleen, has really just dominated. So two very dominant teams coming together. This one should come down to the defense. But that's one I have circled on my calendar. In fact, I may actually be going to that one to cover it. So um, going to be finding out about that one soon. So that being said, um, as I do with all my shows, I'd like to give, give uh, my co-host a chance to do some shout-outs as we get out of here. So that being said, Matt, who are you shouting out today? Well, hey, I'm shouting out North Shore. They've had a tremendous season so far. John Kay is one of the best in the business, and what they've been able to do over the past 10, 15 years is build a culture. And that's hard to do, uh, and they certainly do it year in and year out. Talking to him, he's like, hey, man, it's great when teams <clears throat> can come up. South Oak Cliff is a good example. Come up, have a big season, and win it. But what he looks to are the programs that can sustain over time. They've definitely done it. Um, Katie, I got a shout out to them because I need them to get going because they're a team that really represents that 6A D2 over here. So we'll see how uh, they end up and if they can find some more offense. Uh, and then, hey, volleyball is volleyball. Volleyball's hopping over here. In the city of Houston, um, a sleeper team, shout out, Grand Oaks. They got some athletes over there, took the Woodlands to five. However, they lost, but they're a team that's going to do really well come the playoffs. Shana, turn it over to you now. Who are you shouting out? You know, um, my video crew here in Dallas has been absolutely amazing. Last week was a completely hectic week. We had game after game. We had double headers. We had them working on Saturday for cross country. Um, and they really knocked it out. They did a really great job. Uh, I big shout out to them for that. I'm going to shout out my brother's team. He's a coach of, of course, Poteet Aggies, a 3A school over there in South Texas, starting off 3-0. and Looking pretty good doing it. So they got a good district. Uh, they lost their star running back last year to graduation, but they kind of retooled and, you know, off to a strong start. So, Congrats to them. And hey, you know, you mentioned volleyball, Matt. I think I'd be remiss in that. Shout out to the, the San Antonio kind of teams. They're kind of dominating uh, volleyball. I mean, you have Cornerstone Christian, private school. They don't, you know, but they are dominating. One of the top teams in the nation. I think they've only lost two games on the year, and one of them, I think, was to the, to the top team in the nation. 
because they do a lot of traveling to other states to play volleyball. And then my, my alma mater, uh, they've only lost one game. It was the first game of the year, and they haven't lost since. I think that's a 24-25 game winning streak right now. And uh, this might be the year maybe they make some noise in the volleyball playoffs. I don't know if they'll go all the way, but, you know, this could be the year they finally make some noise in the, in the playoffs. So Pleasanton Volleyball, shout out to you. It's going to be our show for today. We'll be back tomorrow with our St. Pius uh, um, coaches show with uh, Craig Cranfill and, and Josh Cook. And, of course, Thursday we'll be back with another edition of Locker Talk Live where we preview the games coming up this week. So until then, I'm Wack. That's Matt and Shayna. We'll see you at the games. Thank <laughs> you.